I'm Christina and I am a relationship coach and the host of this magical podcast. So welcome to Relationship Realness. This podcast is all about helping you create those long-lasting, healthy relationships that we all desire. With unapologetic realness of everyday relationship struggles we all face together. Welcome to Relationship Realness for your dose of relatability. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of Relationship Realness. My name is Christina, also known as the Relationship Boss. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I definitely did. I celebrated my one-year wedding anniversary with my husband, which was really nice. You know, like a weird fact about us, like we've been together for nine, almost 10 years, and we never really got into celebrating our anniversary. Like the entire time that we've been dating each other, like this was the first year that we gifted each other something, that we like went out to dinner and like celebrated our anniversary. I don't I don't really know why. It's not like we didn't care before. It's not like we didn't acknowledge like, oh, hey, like, yeah. But like in the past, we had like a ballpark idea of when we first met, when we had our first date and those types of things. And each year during that month, we would like try and take a vacation or something, but it was like always sporadic. It was never on like a singled out date of the calendar year. It was just like, oh, cool. I think our relationship is in August. Like, let's plan a vacation. Dope. And like, so this was the first year that we were kind of just like, okay, we have an actual date now that we both know it's meaningful. It's our wedding anniversary date. And so It was really nice to actually, like, get to celebrate it. So that was really cool and different. We, like, went to a Michelin star restaurant. It was very fancy. Um, You know, it's this place here in Seattle called Canlis. And I think it's, like, a couple of months out to get an actual reservation. And so my husband's um, old boss that he used to work for in New York, they still stay in touch. He still does work for them every now and then freelancing. And he told her it was our anniversary. And she's like, oh, and we got a reservation for Saturday at like 630, which is like unheard of um, for this restaurant. So I was very grateful for that. And like, I think like when like she she's best friends with the executive chef at the restaurant. So that was super cool. And I think that she made a note like of it in the reservation or someone made a note of it because when we sat down, they were like, oh, you're the chef's friends. And we're like, yeah. (laughs) So we got like a bunch of free courses, like random stuff that's not on the menu. They fancified our drinks and stuff. So it was just a really amazing, lovely evening. So we kind of spent the weekend in our own little love bubble. Um... And it was fun. It was really, really nice. So I highly suggest if you two, if you and your partner haven't like gotten dressed up for a date in a while, like something fancy, like just do it. It's, I'm always promoting like the little things and like not spending a ton of money and this and that and all of that. But you know, like if you can like pick a date where it forces you to kind of dress up to the nines where you get to put heels on and lipstick on, it's just kind of like a nice change 
you know, to change things up and look your best and feel pretty and beautiful. Like, I know we do that when we go to weddings, but it's nice to do it just for the two of you to like go and spend an evening and dress up for yourself and dress up for each other. So that was really fun. Um, today I just want to keep it easy and breezy. All right, y'all like bare minimum effort episode, but full of still like gems here and there, obviously, because I'm not going to leave you guys hanging without like good shit to kind of take home with you. Um, I found this article and I was going to make a TikTok video on it, but I really wanted to talk about it like more in depth. This article is like invest life, um, written by this girl, Julia Malikoff in 2020. I think that it was during the pandemic, something, something, but I wanted to go through this article because she talks about 50 relationship tips that are actually terrible advice. And I kind of wanted to go through the first like 10. Let's see how many we get through within like a reasonable time period. And I want to like touch on them and see if I agree or disagree if they are actually terrible advice. I don't know. I thought it'd be fun and different, something that I don't do. So let's just see what her number one is. Okay. Number one, your perfect match is out there. Okay. I think that this is kind of true. You know, I think that when people say your perfect match is out there, it, it's it's just a false statement. Why? Because there's no such thing as perfect. And do we really want to find our perfect match? Like I always say, like, I don't want to date myself. Like, I, yeah, okay. I date myself, sure. Like in a way of like self-love, self-acceptance kind of a thing. But I don't want my partner to be the exact version, exact match for me. Like, I want a little bit of like spice. I want someone who's different. I want someone who can challenge me. I want someone who could call me out on my bullshit if I need them to, you know, like there's just no such thing as a perfect person or a perfect partner. Like, and so the idea being insinuated onto you from other people of what they're telling you is your perfect match is out there. Like I'll never tell that to my clients. Um, when they're dating. What I'll usually say is you are going to attract the person that is meant to be in your life. And we often attract different people in our lives for different chapters of our lives. You know, like sometimes we have that really, unfortunately, unhealthy relationship or toxic relationship in our lives. And it teaches us lessons. It teaches us what we don't want in a partner. It teaches us to go inward and do some self-reflection on ourselves. And then Maybe we have like our quote unquote soulmate person who is just that person who is meant to be in your life for the long haul where it's, it doesn't feel like butterflies and rainbows every day, but they're your partner. They're your person that you want to do life with. So I think this one is true. I think that this is a terrible thing to, for people to, not terrible, it just sounds so mean, but don't tell people that their perfect match is out there because there's no such thing as perfect. If you're single, your perfect match is not out there, but the match that is meant for you is out there. Okay. Reframe that a little bit. Okay. Let's see what number two is. Playing hard to get. I used to hate when people would give this advice. So I a hundred percent agree that this is terrible relationship advice. Like why are we playing hard to get? Okay. There's a difference between playing hard to get and just living your life. Okay. When you insinuate and say, play hard to get, you're you're setting yourself up for games. You're playing games. And anyone who wants to create a mature relationship should not be heading into relationships with the mindset of playing games. Like, don't play hard to get. Just live your life. You know, if you have plans, don't break those plans because the person that you're dating all of a sudden is free 
and they're asking you last minute to hang out, right? You saying, oh, I can't right now. I actually have plans. is just the reality of things. And that's you choosing to put yourself first. It's not you playing hard to get. You know, if you're actually sitting at home alone watching movies, you know, lighting your vanilla pumpkin candle, those are plans. Those are plans. So, you know, value those plans that you have for yourself. And if you're already stuck in those plans, don't just drop everything to go and be with someone because they asked you to hang out. Now, of course, if you want to, that's a whole nother story, but don't say no or don't like play games just for the sake of playing games, right? Like the dating world is not meant to be competitive. The dating world is not meant to be a game show and it's not meant for you two to be like, lying and manipulating situations. Like if you don't want to do something, don't do it. If you do want to do something, do it. If you want to see someone, ask them. If you aren't in the mood to hang out, tell them, just be honest. Like the, the idea of playing games and playing hard to get is just silly. If you ask me, let's be mature people, right? Uh, okay. Number three, look for a partner who loves all of your hobbies. I think that this is actual, I agree with her. This is not great advice. Like, yes, you want to look for a partner who you share the right goals and the same values and, you know, you guys are kind of on the same trajectory when it comes to, you know, what you want out of life. But dating someone who shares your love of hobbies is sure an added bonus, but your hobbies are your hobbies for a reason. Your hobbies are what you do as an individual for you to maintain your individuality. Like I used to go to spin class all the time. Like I was an avid like two, three times a week. Like (laughs) I would sit at the front of every spin class. My instructor knew my name. He'd call me out in the middle of class. I'd like sit in the front row. Everyone would make fun of me because I was like, I just want to look at myself in the mirror. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it was just true because I just liked, I just liked it so much and it was fun and it. Learning the choreography in those groove classes was like reminding me of when I used to have to learn choreography at cheer. But my point is, Anthony, um, my husband, came with me to one of my spin classes. And so he's like, he wanted to try one of my hobbies that I, I love to do. The entire time, I was so worried about him that I couldn't even enjoy my hobby because he was so distracting behind me on the bike. It was just a nightmare. And bless his heart. I love him so much that he wanted to show interest in my hobbies. Of course, it meant something to me. And, you know, I'll go golfing with him at the driving range every now and then because I know that that's something that he loves to do too. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to go with him every single time. It doesn't mean that I expect him to do my hobbies with me because we pick hobbies for us to maintain our individuality. So what is that meant for? For you to do them by yourself. So It's beautiful and nice and amazing for your partner to show interest in trying your hobbies. I think that's super cool, but you shouldn't be looking for a partner who loves your hobbies because your hobbies are your hobbies, your partner's hobbies are their hobbies, and those are there for you to have your alone time. So embrace your alone time. It's healthy, okay? All right, number four, she has let them make the first move. I agree with this. This is like not great advice. Okay. To an extent, right? Like, yes, I agree. Sometimes I don't agree. I think in the beginning stages, it's a really, like, I hate to put gender roles on it, 
But for women, it does feel really good to be wooed and to be courted and to have the guy plan the first couple of dates, put the effort into it, you know, think ahead, make a plan ahead of time. Like that feels really good, especially in the beginning stages of dating. Like we want to know that they care. We want to know that they want to go. We want to know that they put some effort into planning those dates, right? Um, But you guys, like if you want something, go after it. Like when I was dating, I literally embraced – it took me a while to get here. It took me a lot of work. This is what I help my clients get through. Like this is what I work with them on as individuals. But I had confidence in myself to just ask, to make the first move if I wanted to make the first move. If I want something, I'm going to go after it and I am going to get it. Like – And even if the person told me like, no, or they weren't into it or whatever, then okay, great. Then at least I knew. Then at least I knew I tried. Um, There would be a lot of things in my life that I wouldn't have, including probably my husband, if I didn't make the first move. He tried to break up with me and I was like, no, ma'am, no, no, this this is not going to happen. And when we were broken up for a couple of months, I would tell him I missed him, not in like a overly possessive way, but like. I wasn't afraid to tell him what I was feeling. I wasn't afraid to put myself out there and make the first move. Like, and even physically, like we have to remember that men want to feel wanted too. You know, our partners want to feel like we want them too and that we care too. And we can't always put all of the pressure on one person to do everything in the relationship. It takes two people. Um, So, you know, sure, let them make the first move a couple of times. You know, yes, that feels good. Yes, there's something that says, okay, you know, his masculine energy is making me be able to feel safe to embrace my feminine energy. But you know what? Like, don't be afraid to make the first move yourself. Don't be afraid to say what you're feeling first. I told my partner that I loved him first, you know, and of course there's those fears that you're not going to be matched with the same energy But those fears are there, you know, just to kind of keep you stuck. Face your fears a little bit and you never know what could happen. And if you get your feelings hurt, okay, you get your feelings hurt, but you'll pick yourself up and at least you know that you put yourself out there and at least you tried, all right? Okay, number five, if they can't handle you at your worst, they don't deserve you at your best. I mean, I think a lot of people say this. Right. But, you know, yes, there's all of us try to rationalize people's bad behavior and the mistakes that we make. Sure. Um, But we should always be striving to be the best version of ourselves. Yes. But sometimes the best version of ourselves is not going to happen all the time. Like I have terrible days where I'm just like not the best version of myself. And, you know, I think that I disagree with her a little bit because like, My husband has seen me at my worst, but it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve me at my best. I don't know. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. You know, like, I think that we should be able to, yes, handle our partners at our worst, Um, you know, but we can't justify bad behavior all the time. Um, We have to see that behavior and we have to grow from that behavior and we have to do something to change that behavior, right? Um, I think that sometimes people just use this as an excuse to not grow and to not evolve. 
Um, so, which is why I do agree with her. But I don't think that saying they don't deserve you at your best is necessarily a good term for them to use in this phrase. Um, it's more kind of just like if they aren't willing to work with you and accept your flaws, you know, maybe they don't, you know, won't see you at your best. I don't really know. I'm going to have to think on that one. Let me, let me think on that one. But, you know, moral of the story is like, there are going to be times when you're going through a really rough patch, but your partner may not know how to handle that. Your partner may not have the right tools to help you navigate those really hard times. Um, If they run away during when you're being the worst version of yourself, sure. Okay. They may not deserve you at your best, but you know what? Like it's hard for us to handle and navigate when our partners are going through things. And so if you ever seek support with that, like don't ever hesitate to reach out for support. Don't run away if your partner is going through a rough patch. No, ask them how you can support them. Um, I don't know. This one's tough. This one's tough. Clearly I'm having a hard time deciphering it, but I think you get the point. If you don't, just like ignore me. (laughs) Okay, number six. Chemistry means you have found, quote unquote, the one. Okay, sure. Chemistry plays a huge part in it, but I agree with her that like this is kind of not great advice because chemistry is like when people say chemistry, I feel like it's like those beginning honeymoon phase butterflies and like, oh, we click. Oh my God, we get along. This is great, right? Sure. I think that having chemistry with someone is a beautiful thing, right? There's lust. Sometimes in those beginning phases, it's not love, it's lust. Um, You know, I think there does have to be a certain amount of chemistry with the one that you end up with long-term But more goes into determining if they are quote unquote the one than just chemistry. Um, You guys have to be able to know that you have the same um, shared values and beliefs. You guys have to be able to have beautiful, healthy communication. You two want to make sure that, you know, um, you are able to speak each other's love languages eventually. I think that chemistry is just the beginning like factor to determine if you two should work together to create a beautiful long-term relationship. Like chemistry is just that beautiful spark and it's up to you two to determine if you're going to keep that spark lit and put in the effort of that relationship. Relationships need more than just chemistry. Um, take your time. Proceed with caution. Just because you and you've met someone and you have this amazing, beautiful, passionate sex and amazing chemistry and you're both attracted to someone doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to make a beautiful life partner because having a life partner is going to require a lot more than just chemistry between the two of you. All right. Let's see the next one. Never go to bed angry. Funny this one should be on this list. Obviously, we agree with this one. This is not the best advice. You know, I when I first started my relationship career, I actually used to say this, like when I first started coaching clients and I had to take a step back and be like, actually, like, no, like you can go to bed angry. 
you can go to bed hurt. And sometimes it's, it's better that way. As my husband said it last episode, um, sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're going around in circles. Sometimes you need time to just cool off and reconvene in the morning. You know, if you two are going to bed together, you have to trust that your partner will be there in the morning. First of all, you have to trust that your partner is going to be ready to have the conversation in the morning. And if it makes you uneasy going to bed um, without having the conflict resolved, tell your partner that. And then ask your partner to reassure you, okay? Be like, listen, I know that we're not getting anywhere tonight. We're kind of going around in circles. How do you feel about finishing the conversation when we wake up in the morning, when things have cooled off a little bit? You know, in most cases, this is going to 100% help you to because whatever it was that seemed was so important at the time is going to seem not so important anymore. And if it was very important, then you two are going to want to make that conscious effort to have a mature conversation about it the next day. You know, it's okay to go to bed feeling angry. It's okay to go to bed feeling upset. Just give each other that resentful kiss, turn over, fall asleep, listen to a meditation, and pick things up in the morning, okay? All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's do, let's do like two more. Okay, let's do two more. Okay, this one. He, she, they can change. Whew, this one's loaded. I think this one comes down to verbiage because sometimes people cannot change. Like, she's right. Like, sometimes saying this is bad advice that they can change. Um, But I think that people can grow. I don't know if people can necessarily change. Like, you can't change your personality traits. You can't change normally your, your beliefs or your values. You can't change you know, your core personality, but you can grow, meaning you can learn how to create healthy communication. You can heal from your past trauma. You can break generational patterns. So you can absolutely grow and you can maybe change, but you know what? Like this is all going to be self-motivated and self-driven. You can never change someone else the only person that you are ever going to have control over is yourself, okay? The only thing and the only person that you can control is you. And like if you have to remind yourself of that a million times, fine. What you can do is you can take the steps to grow. You can take the steps to create healthy relationships. You can take the steps yourself to heal your trauma. And what's going to happen is your partner is going to either see you doing those things and want to do it with you and grow with you and visit their trauma and heal their stuff, right? And that means you guys are going to be growing together or you're going to grow and you're going to evolve and you're going to mature and your partner's just going to stay exactly where they are. And then you're going to outgrow and, you know, evolve past the relationship where it's at currently. So I don't necessarily know if people can change, but I do believe that people can grow. Okay. All right. And let's pick the last one. Let's say this one's pretty good. This one's pretty good. Forgive and forget. Okay. 
She says that this is terrible advice, but I kind of disagree with her on the forgiving part, okay? You can absolutely forgive, but you may not ever forget depending on what it was. You know, forgiveness is is critical to having a healthy relationship, but you may not always forget the things that happened, especially when it comes to trust being betrayed or anything like that. Um, you know, and forgiveness is more of acceptance of what happened, especially if you choose to stay in the relationship. You know, you kind of have to accept whatever happened between the two of you and you have to kind of forgive and accept, which I think is better advice than forgive and forget because our brains aren't going to work that way. Our brains aren't going to forget anything that happened, especially if it hurt us, especially if it traumatized us, especially if it triggered us, right? But I think that maybe replacing the terminology with forgive and accept is a little bit more digestible than forgive and forget, right? We forgive for us. We forgive for the betterment of our relationship. We forgive because we're human beings and we make mistakes, you know, like it's okay. Like, and sometimes you have to forgive people for making those mistakes, especially if you want to stay in that relationship, right? We forgive to, you know, let go of ourselves carrying the burden around of being hurt and pissed and, you know, resentful of what our partners did. And so we forgive to lighten our own load. You know, forgiveness is low-key selfish because we are doing that forgiveness work for us to feel better at the end of the day. Like, Bottom line. So instead of forgive and forget, I would maybe replace that phrase with forgive and accept, right? Okay. I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. My episodes are usually never this long, but this is this was a fun one. This was a really fun one. Um, I don't know. Whatever you guys think, if you agree with some of these, if you disagree with some of these, like if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask any questions. I think there's an option to ask questions on each episode. Um, or DM me on Instagram if you want to chat through it. Um, you can also send me a DM or apply to work with me one-on-one if you want some advice and coaching personalized and tailored specifically towards you and your partner, towards you and yourself, whatever you're going through. Um, I love you guys so much. This one was really fun. Um, If you're listening to this in the morning, afternoon, or night, I hope you have an amazing morning, afternoon, or night, my loves.